What's up, everybody? Robin E. here on another episode of Pillow Talk Podcast. As always, appreciate every and anybody who ever tunes into my stuff. If you're not already, man, follow me on Twitter, right? E93Robin. I got a few new followers, so shout out to y'all. Make sure you follow me on IG, Robin E93, two Bs. <laughs> man, so I just noticed um, the last episode I did on Queen Ep- Behavior, which was a very highly recommended uh, podcast, was my 25th episode. I didn't know that. So it made me kind of think and go back over my growth um, through Pillow Talk and through my journey. Can I share that? Can I share that with y'all real quick? So last year, um, I started doing it. I did it around May and I stopped doing it because last summer I was really going through a lot of shit. Um, I had dealt with a really bad situation with a man and money problems and just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do right before. This is right before I had got my new job and got a new car and quit that nigga, stuff like that. But it made me go back and listen to that podcast, my um, views on life, love and lessons. And it just made me think about the growth that I've made from last year to now. And as you go through each episode, you kind of see me evolve as a person and you kind of see me evolve the way that I describe things and the way that I connect to the topic. And it's all about growth. You know what I'm saying? It's all about growth. I take my advice that I say to the world as well, you know, very deeply to myself. And I can tell just how much I've evolved over time. I was able to redirect my energy into something, into this podcast which gave me a new meaning to be positive to be motivated to be determined so I just wanted to you know 25 episodes so this is 26 so once I get to 50 I think I want to do something special with that but um, growth is possible people and even when you think you're not growing take a look back at where you were you know a week ago a month ago a year ago and, and you will see that growth New episode of Pillow Talk Podcast, baby. Dropping right now. (laughs) Right, everybody, what's up, what's up? I'm so happy that it's summer, first of all. Summer finally hit Chicagoland area because, you know, we've been struggling with it. And I was able to go to the beach, and I just feel real good about that. (laughs) So I'm very happy that it's summer. Summer gives you positive energy, you know what I'm saying? That, like, is an excuse for you to do whatever oh it's summer drink that bottle buy them shorts eat that food like it's summertime like that's how summer makes me feel it makes me feel like I can do anything it's good energy you need good energy <laughs> you need good energy I love fall too but summer is is that time of the year you know what I'm saying when you can just do your shit mental health a topic that was highly recommended as well I talk about mental health sporadically on Twitter because um, I, I've dealt with people who have dealt with mental health issues. Um, but I like to see, you know, how serious people take the, the thought, how serious people take the issue. But mental health is important. You know what I'm saying? We always say this, but we, we don't really mean it. We don't really practice what's needed to help mental health issues. All races deal with it, obviously. This is a disease that's not subjectified, you know, or choosy of its host. But, of course, blacks and minorities, I think, are more likely to deal with mental illness and don't seek the proper help that they need. My mother, she's clinically depressed. And she's been clinically depressed for a while. 
Um, you know, I think there's different levels of depression and I think there's different stages and the way that it affects people is different, but there's a common denominator of sadness that's constant, um, and continuous. And she was just very sad. And I never really knew why. Um, growing up, my mom was always working. She had her job and she was, you know, happy and stuff. But I think maybe once I got to about high school, I kind of saw a shift in her behavior and she did become very angry and very upset and she would cry a lot. She got on her like anti-depression meds and became very chill and calm and very okay. And of course, back then I didn't really know, you know, what was taking effect, but I just felt that now that I'm older, um, there could have been a different way that her mental health was treated. My little brother, you know, he was depressed. Um, He's five years younger than me. I don't know if you guys remember, if you listened to my Future of a Black Man podcast I did a couple months ago, but that was my little brother that was on there talking about his perspectives and his life being a young black man in America. And he went through a stage, I want to say when he was like 10, 10 or 9, around that time. And, you know, we were like going through some money problems, you know, we didn't live in like the best crib and you know, it was just kind of a, a struggle all the way around. And this young man slept. It was like a whole summer where he slept in his room like every single day. He came out to eat and, and pee, and that was it. And he did this for literally, it was like almost a month straight. Um, so that's when my mother kind of stepped in, you know, talked to him about his depression. But it just, you know... It's crazy because it's like this is something that is, you know, hereditary, can have it in your family. And to have it, you know, go through your mother and then your little brother, you know, um, shows how relevant mental illness and depression, you know, and psychotic behavior is in the black communities due to a lot of the barriers, you know, that we face on a daily basis. I think that many blacks are unaware of their depression. You know, we find other sources of the pain. We try to redirect the pain, you know, but why, why is it that black people can't be depressed? My mother was lucky enough to, of course, you know, get on Medicaid and get health assistance that would give her a therapy um, and give her antidepressant medication that she was able to take. But I still think that a lot of black people, you know, we don't, take the necessary steps on what it means, you know, when you feel a certain type of way. You know, African Americans are 20% more likely to have serious psychological distress than whites. Suicide, you know, is the third leading cause of death among African American ages 15 to 24, which results a lot from bullying, mistreatment. You know, in 2015, um, 73% of white Americans received treatment for major depressive episodes, um, while less than 55% of African Americans received treatment. So this is all from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So African Americans, you know, were more likely to be mentally depressed, more likely to have, you know, um, psychotic episodes, but less likely to receive treatment for it, less likely to acknowledge it. Where's the disconnect at? A lot of it does stem from communal opinions, family opinions. The old days, you know, people would say, you know, you're crazy and you're being soft. That's probably a lot or the biggest 
I would say, factor when it comes to mental health in black people. Anytime you, you know, show that type of weakness or I'm sorry, you show signs of mental depression, they assume that you're weak. I think that's probably the number one. Also, people are scared. People don't really understand what's going on with them and they're scared, you know, to have the doctor say to them, you're bipolar or whatever. My older brother, who's been an alcoholic, he's been an alcoholic since he's about 18, 19 years old, about 19 years old. He went to the service. So when he was about 19, he's 31. He's five years older than me. We're all five years apart. Um, and he he has a bipolar disease. He literally is different people. And the alcohol is a big trigger to that. You know, when he's sober, he's one type of person. When he drinks, he's another type of person. When he's going through withdrawal, he's another type of person. And he went through the psychological, you know, trial phase, went to like the psych ward, got diagnosed and was put on medication. And he didn't like the way the medication made him feel. And he was scared to be identified as bipolar. He was scared to have this, you know, personality disfect in a sense. He, you know, likes to be in the streets or whatever the case is. And people take that as soft, you know, people take that as, you know, you ain't, you ain't all there, you ain't right, you ain't tough. Um, but honestly, you dealing with multiple personalities and you, you a hard motherfucker out here. <laughs> That's a lot to deal with, you know what I'm saying, internally. But we have to make it okay and we have to acknowledge it, for one, and understand that the behavior somebody may exude isn't necessarily okay behavior. Even if you know, like, that's a crazy motherfucker. It's certain shit, you know, people do, they ain't supposed to do. Or it's a certain way people feel they're not supposed to feel. I feel that another major fact, you know, with mental health issues in the black community is this institutionalized racism that we've been faced with. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you don't want to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry if you're tired of hearing about it, but it's relevant. If you're a black person, if you're a person of African descent, institutionalized institutionalized racism is um, relevant to you, period. You know, the barriers that did and still do hinder us you know, have debilitated our mental capacity, you know, which is what it was initially designed to do any fucking way. But when you're growing up and you're going through school and you have desires to be, you know, a lawyer or, you know, a business owner or a manager, you know, or architect, any of those types of things, and you're a child of minority and they don't teach you you're about your history. They don't show you that there's people like you that do stuff like that. They teach you main points in history that the white man wants you to know and then now this is America you know what I'm saying but that can hinder how a person deals with being who they are in America knowing that oh we ain't never been shit anyway so this is what what we've always been it goes deep as well into jobs I mean you go into this institutionalized business in a sense that was initially created not to even let you work here or you were you know out in the field back in the day or whatever the case was and now you're here and you're always put under this microphone you know you're always looked at everything you're set you say is hyped up you know what I'm saying or not taken serious at all it can fuck with your mind state it can fuck with how you think you're going to function and succeed in America Psh, reparations no <laughs> 
But seriously, though, you know what I'm saying? We still struggle dealing with uh, the mind state, I think, of being free, um, yet mentally handicapped in America. You know, they didn't let us read. You understand what I'm saying? We were three-fourths of people. You understand? The slave mentality, I think, is still very relevant in a lot of black people, period. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it's an, it's inherent in us because we've had to adapt and survive through so much shit. We've never had a chance to really grow our minds beyond being black in America, beyond being slaves. We're still, you know, fighting for rights. We're still going through the slave mentality of I'm free now, yet I'm trapped here because there's still racialized limitations put on me. African-Americans, you know, living below the poverty line are three times more likely to report psychological distress. Again, from the U.S. Department of Health and Services. So having no money, having low money is stressful. What, what is it saying? It, uh, anybody that broke knows being broke ain't cheap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And of course that's going to fuck with your mind when you can't provide for your family, when you're getting evicted, when you can't pay your shit, when you can't buy clothes. It fucks with your mind. And it makes you think of other ways on how to get it and start doing a lot of shit that you really shouldn't be doing. The financial strain, you know, that comes... um from that and going through poverty, you know, is a powerful entity in the black community and it causes major distress, major distress. Okay. Which, which leads to depression, but therapy isn't cheap. Most health coverages, you know, include behavior disorders. Um, but the catch is the number of sessions that they're paying for or the medication and the service isn't included. So you have to pay something out of pocket, which leaves you broker than broke. And in all honesty, blacks can't afford the help that they seek in a lot of instances. You know, we tend to measure the severity of the illness, seeing if we can stick it out or not. Okay? What Julius say from Everybody Hates Chris? You just need some Robitussin and you'll feel better. <laughs> you need to pray on it. You know what I'm saying? You need to pray on it. My grandmother would probably say sleep. Just sleep it off. You're tired. Once you get yourself back right and rested, None of that shit's going to matter. You know, that's that's just how we deal with it. In a sense, we brush it off, but we also know we can't afford that shit. Going back to reparations, it would be great if black people and minorities can receive free therapy services or like a year of free therapy or, you know, some type of cut in a sense because being slaves, again, okay, let's go back, let's bring it back, being slaves, Half of my people being free, and then Juneteenth, the rest of them was free. Going through the civil rights movement, dealing with racism, we've never had a chance to heal. And it's okay to feel jumbled about your thoughts because you, you've never had an opportunity to really express them or find the proper way to express them, you know? I think that therapy is something that, that we should look at and invest in. It may help reverse a lot of the fucked up mind states that a lot of communities, black communities, possess. I watched the Dapper Dan interview, and he's awesome. I never knew who Dapper Dan was until I watched the interview. He 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 really spoke some real shit, and I'm obsessed with that interview now. I watch it all the time. But he was mentioning a lot about how, you know, you know, blacks get on in their community or they get away, you know, to better themselves, and they leave their community. And so the community 
doesn't thrive. It just crashes. And each generation, it gets worse and worse and worse because the same type of cycle, you know, consists. Versus somebody getting on and then teaching someone else how to get on and then creating black equity. Shout out DJ Wisdom. (laughs) But I thought that was very deep because we don't really do that. Um, We don't really do that. And aside from us not building up our communities, you know what I'm saying? We're not providing that that ear. We're not providing those safe havens anymore that you should be able to have as a child if you're coming from a bad neighborhood. Um, we need to create more safe places. We need to create more, you know, opportunities where people can come and express themselves and be themselves and not feel judgment and not feel like they need to conform um, or be somebody else. Is it so bad to ask for help sometimes? You know what I'm saying? We need to mentally repair more than any race. You know what I'm saying? And it's not weak or it's not crazy. It's not, you know, silly to feel out of place. We need to normalize this process of identifying and asking for help with no shame. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to say you're not okay. It's okay to say you're not all right. Can a child be depressed? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Again, suicide is the third leading cause of blacks between ages 15 to 24. 15. Growing up, um, I don't remember anybody that killed themselves. A lot of that happened, yeah, when I got out of high school. I knew some people that killed themselves. Um, and it, it, it was shocking to black people. You know, when we think of suicide, we're always like, well, we don't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's some white people shit. No. Suicide is an everybody people shit, and it affects everybody because depression and, you know, mental disabilities affect everyone. They don't have a preference in race, but they've been more predominant in the minorities due to the fact that we don't address them. I don't want kids killing themselves. I don't want young adults killing themselves. People that need to change the world, this is the age group, 15 to 24, that has the seeds that are supposed to, you know, uplift and create a new world. I'm I'm a part of that as well, but I think that we need to really zoom in on the younger generation with depression because the the connections are too relevant right now. And with the with the 13 reasons why shit on Netflix, you know what I'm saying, the infatuation behind suicide. I I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not feeling that. In a sense, it's almost like we're fantasizing, you know, um, mental disabilities and the thought process of killing yourself and everybody missing you and everybody wondering, you know what I'm saying, what happened to you. Like, I don't understand that. I don't understand the infatuation with that. But I know I'm not going to have my little brother, little cousins, so forth, getting bullied at school and then come home to a fucked up house and feel like they have nobody. Role models are very important, you know, when it comes to um, stopping depression in the youth. I think that having someone that you can confide in is very, you know, important. Again, back to reparations. (laughs) I feel like, um, you know, that's something that we can implement on how to change this. It's a big thing to tackle. Mental, you know, disability and depression and mental health is a big monster. And it's great that we're talking about it, you know, as a black community. I'm excited that we're talking about it and we're being motivated about it. But we need to do more. We need to do more. And we need to look at 
more realistic ways to stop the giant versus ignoring him until we think he's going to go away. Jasmine Peer, um, she's like a black young woman tech savvy uh, genius. <laughs> she created the Safe Space, which is a virtually a safe space app. So it's an app. I didn't know it was real. Um, it's on, you know, the app store. And it basically provides like black mental health tips, black mental health statistics, self-care tips, um, during police brutality, inspirational videos, podcasts, mental health resources, you know, it's really dope. And it just provides a different way uh, for black people to kind of connect um, whenever they're feeling like they're not okay. It's not getting any exposure, which really pissed me off because um, here we are, what, uh, going crazy with this age app shit that everybody's using right now. Now everybody's factuated with looking fucking 80 when this is an app aimed at stopping, you know, black depression um, and it's not getting any coverage. So look it up. Safe space. It is on the app store. Um, it's awesome. You know what I'm saying? I think that we need to start promoting, you know, uh, black tools like this looking at more types of therapy options um, and possibly creating like a therapy, you know, sanctuary for our black communities. I mean, damn, you don't know how important it is to have somebody there when you want to talk, even if it's about something you think is stupid as fuck. If somebody's there and they're willing to listen to it, it, it makes a world of difference. You know what I'm saying? It makes a world of difference. It's easy to hear someone struggles, but can we hide uh, but we often do hide our own, you know, until it's too late. Speak to one another, not just the Internet. Make mental illness a normal topic to discuss. According to goodtherapy.org, um, therapy has become, art therapy has become an act of treatment, you know, in supporting and releasing and in integrating uh, the symptoms of depression. So another way I think that blacks can deal with depression and that we kind of do in our own ways finding outlets. A lot of rappers, a lot of singers go through sadness and they go through points of depression and they resort to their music, you know, to be that outlet, you know? And I'm somebody, I've never been depressed. Um, I've never gotten to a point where I felt like I went to end my life or just didn't feel okay. I've had moments of sadness, definitely. Moments when I didn't want to talk. Moments when I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. But um, this podcast, writing, you know, those are outlets for me. Those are things that help me cope with how I'm feeling. So we, this is why, you know, the arts um, are so important. This is why expression um, for children is so important. We've always had a struggle, I think, in America as far as, you know, um, low-income neighborhoods to keep our art programs alive. We don't see the value in it right then and then because we don't think that children can get depressed. We don't think that children have the capability of feeling not okay. But that's usually where it starts. Some adults, usually adults, get it when they're older. But a lot of that depression stems from childhood and not being able to have an outlet to express who you are back then. And we need to take more time to allow our children to, you know, draw and paint and write you know, and sing and dance and swim, do all the things that make you feel alive, do all the things that make you feel, you know, connected. Creating art 
you know, is at the heart of expression and emotion, you know, so it's supporting your capacity to feel again. We don't put enough importance on expression, I think, blacks, you know, unless it's something that we think is going to benefit us right away versus that investment. You know what I'm saying? You don't know how impactful this art class might be for your child who is aspiring to be an artist. They may grow up to be an architect or a doctor. Who knows? But the fact that you allowed them that avenue of expression to be who they wanted to be only gives them more motivation to really be who they want to be. And I think that having that outlet, you know, allows you to get that anger out as well. You know, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling fucked up, if you're feeling out of place, go draw some shit, go break some glass, go create some art. You know what I'm saying? And your heart and soul is going to be in that piece of art. Along with battling depression, you know, art is a way of keeping your energy leveled. Okay. Do y'all believe in the transference of energy, good and bad? Um... I love the concept of a transference of energy. And I think along with uh, depression and mental health, there's this concept of keeping your energy sane as well, which is very, very important. And I'm very big on, um, you know, keeping your energy up, keeping energy up. All right. Major keys, major keys. Okay. You ever felt good? Okay. You just felt great. You feel awesome. And then you've seen someone who just drains your energy or just gives you bad vibes, that's transferring or exchanging that energy right there, okay? And so you no longer feel like yourself. Just like plants and humans can absorb, uh, well, just like plants, humans, they do have the ability to absorb energy, I feel like, okay? And depending on surroundings, it can happen. <laughs> um LearningTheMind.com describes this idea of, like, human energy transference, which, in a sense, they try to relate to, like, the vampire situation with, like, sucking the blood or whatever the case is. But spiritual and interference um, energy is real, okay? And it's something you can feel and detect. It can be small exchanges, slow, fast. There's no limit or no cap on it. So the ways that I feel like you need to protect your energy in order to keep everything intact um, you need to make sure that anytime you pick up on negative vibes, you know, you evacuate, detect, reflect, digress, that shit. Okay. Evacuate, detect, reflect, digress. <laughs> that shit. There's nothing wrong, you know, with leaving a place or a person. All in the same, do not resist the bad energy. You know, let it pass through you in a sense. Resistance actually captures negative energy quicker, which was something that I didn't really know. Um, I had to think about it, but it made a lot of sense. So you have to do that. Being transparent, not giving a fuck, you know, is the mindset and emotional forefront that works best in protecting your energy. So you really have to be transparent and you really have to not allow things to get to you. That was the biggest thing I worked on this year was really changing my energy because I think that that is a big driving force in how a lot of people end up depressed because they allow someone else's energy to fuck up their energy in a sense, which then is trapped inside of them and just manifests into negative energy. You know, you must protect your happiness by any means. Your aura is essential to the overall self-help, uh, self-happiness for you. So stay true and grounded to your identity. Stop trying to control every fucking situation. 
Ego is a blessing at times, but more of a curse. <laughs> okay? So you have to let go of making this automatic bar every time you encounter, you know, others, which only generates negative energy from others, thus allowing that negative energy to flow through you quick and consistently. Okay? So calm down on the ego shit because people don't like people with big egos. It's one thing to be confident. But when you're cocky and you don't have a reason to, well, you're doing too much. <laughs> so stay true and grounded. Stop trying to be somebody else that you're not. Because that only exerts more energy, which then leaves you more drained because now you're doing too much, way more than you should have been doing. Lastly, cleanse your energy. If you feel imbalanced, you probably are. Take a moment to find your inner peace, no matter how, you know, or for how long. Um... You don't need to explain your absence or actions to anyone. Once you feel collected or calm, that energy has been restored. And now you can reset, refocus, relax, and reevaluate what it is you need to do to get yourself right. Cleanse your energy, man. Seriously. Sometimes I'll, I'll go off social media for a day or so just so I ain't got to see no dumb shit. Just so I ain't got to look at no dumb pictures. Whatever. Read a book. <laughs> run a mile god damn it roll a joint turn on your favorite album cleanse your energy and remind yourself that you're the person that controls your happiness you're the person that controls your destiny things aren't always going to go in your favor but we have to do a good job of looking at the glass half full instead of half empty because a lot of negative thoughts manifest within us which can only trigger to distress which can only manifest to depression Welcome to Pillow Talk's TED Talk, okay? Because, okay? Because this was a whole TED Talk today, okay? I really just got the, you know, I really just got the deep on y'all right there with the facts. But black mental health is important and keeping your energy is important. And I really do feel like they're one and the same. I think if you do a good job at self-peace, you will, you know, do a better job at maintaining your overall mental health. But black people need to do a better job of identifying the mental health and really figuring out other ways to resolve it. Um, you're not prone. You're not excused from it because you're black. If anything, you're more prone to it. Um, yeah. Black mental health awareness. Okay. And keeping your energy. Keeping your energy sane. <laughs> all right. Of course, you guys already know. Streaming on all major platforms. So make sure you check in. Subscribe. Subscribe. Leave me a voice message. Write me. Inbox me. What's up? Holla at your girl. Tell me what you thought about the podcast. And I hope you guys are keeping your energy safe today. Peace out.